Our guest today is Tachana Tosi, a social behavior trends expert and researcher with an emphasis on netnography, the study of digital consumer behavior. She has over 13 years of experience working as a consultant in development of analytical products and business metrics. She's been working for over 10 years as a startup mentor and postgraduate professor in ethnography. Today, we are going to talk to her about digital activism, data ownership, and digital citizenship. Welcome to The Controverse. Thank you, Tom. And thank you, Sofian. It's an honor to be here. And um, where we start? Awesome. <laughs> where do we start? Yeah, that's a good question. Good question. Exactly. The first thing I yeah, the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, we've in the introduction I touched on three very big terms, right? D digital activism, data ownership, digital citizenship. Uh, I was wondering if you can give us just the basics, the groundwork. What are these terms? What are what do these terms mean, and why do they matter? I think that's already quite a topic. Yeah. Uh... Let's start first with our umbrella, which is digital activism. Uh, when we say uh, digital activism is in a way that we all are empowered to use our data in order to change behavior, in order to really uh, be a protestant, not really make manifestos. In order to make manifestos, we do need to have, uh, when we are saying about data ownership, it's uh, what we are, uh, it, it comes from a place that we already have um, consumer ownership. Basically, when you buy a brand and when you decide to, to do basing on a brand, you are actually making a conscious decision of your consumer behavior. And when we are taking up on the same level on ownership of our data, is actually saying everything that we do has our digital footprint, meaning digital dust, really what we make it everyday, everyday log in our life. Uh, Twitter, our social streaming, basically. And just our social streaming is more than some gigabytes it by itself. And by consequence of getting your conscience of your data that you produce in your everyday own life line, you know, on life life, uh, we come to uh, digital citizenship, meaning as a citizen, now you are in power to use your data stream uh, to empower your manifesto and to use your data either for social good, for private use, but it's your data. Right now, what we do have is a, a mix, <laughs> a, a very good mix on that we do produce everyday data and it's on, big, on the big attacks, but we do not have the ownership of saying, you know, Sir Google 
even though you're you're making revenues on me, I do want to have some part of that revenue. And as we go to the data wallet, basically uh, think if you have, uh, if you're using um, a digital bank, even Orange or any uh, Mesa or any of the new, new banks, they all have digital wallets. A digital wallet based on your email, and but that digital wallet, it'll be based on your email, but you do have your social streaming of data on it. That's the difference. It'll be, the concept is the same as a digital uh, payment wallet, but the difference is uh, we are we are taking care of the data stream of your daily life because today yeah. who is taking care of your data stream is not just the big techs uh, all the marketing data all everybody that uh, that is using the data sets that are available and not available. And when we say about the data sets, we do have an issue that some data sets are available for use. So you can go and you plug in and you can do your tests and, and that's fine. But most of the data sets that we do have around the globe it's still frozen. It's already, it's, uh, it's a closed box. It's a closed Pandora box. So we need to open step by step. I think one, one, one thing that is hard to understand for especially young people is why, what is the value in da data? It's just data. And then some people say who work with AI and stuff, data is the new digital oil or, you know, can you maybe give us an example of why it's so important to, to, to have the, the, this wallet where you have the value of your data? Yes. Uh, and I understand when a teen comes and say, to me, I'm just doing another channel and I'm cleaning out my first YouTube channel. Think on this way. Like, uh, I would say our generation, because I think so we are almost on the same uh, ages. Uh, first, like our dad's generation, I say my parents, comes from a generation of DNAs. Oh, they are basically everything. You need to be extra confidential, Everything is locked. Everything is very locked. From our generation side, we come to a generation that still we are based on uh, uh, confidentiality, but we do have a little bit more open. So we are having Creative Commons. We do have whistleblowers. Uh, you know, we are beginning to open up a little bit more. And with our generation, if I come to you and say, you know, 
please delete your YouTube channel that you have for almost 10 years. You're going to say, are you nuts? That's my life. Mm. I ask the same question for my nephew, who is 14, and he'll tell me, cool, that's fine by me. I already put it another channel with a friend and I will create another with another other friend to talk about another game. So they don't have, uh, for us, we do have in a way, uh, a horde in a way to uh, really have the backups of everything. No? So we do have backup one, two, three, four, five, and six. Uh, because we got used to and because uh, it's more security than anything else. Uh, we are talking to a generation here that basically have no backup. Basically for them, uh, they get to their cell and if they need to redo it again and they don't remember the passwords and don't remember, that's fine by them. That's why to them it's so hard to understand the importance of the data streaming. Because in our everyday for him, for, for them, uh, they're doing a way that uh, I'm using a Twitter today when I'm 14, 15, or 16. And if uh, my next time, my next handle on Twitter be when I'll be 21st, It'll be different. But for us, like I have my Twitter handle for almost 15 years or so. Like uh, for them, they just have a uh, Gmail for everything that they want. So it's hard to them to realize that even though it's very easy to delete and not have it anymore on the channel and so on, they don't realize it that even though they delete, this stream will be somewhere else. It will be data dust that later on it will be collected either by research or anything else. So uh, it's hard to them uh, to come to a place that you say, uh, to us, we do have um, a sense of, you know, I possess it. So that's my handle that has been my life. And, you know, you really take care, like, as part of your digital archive, mm. like your digital memory, in a sense. And, and to them, no, they are constructing everyday archives. and they don't have the sense that they do need to uh, to have these backups or to have the data wallets. And we do have another example, an extreme example. Uh, it was uh, Trump on the Obama, uh, the last US elections, mm -hmm. Trump, um, got elected and Obama has been really taking care a lot of uh, in a way of digital privacy somehow he was really taking care of and 
what happened that was between the 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 federal public library like the researchers of the 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 most important library in the US what they did they did a backup of the whole site of the Obama administration as a whole because the first thing that Trump did it was to, to take it down so the first part that uh, when we talk to archives and digital memories and digital ownership is I need to take care of what is already there, what has been written and what has been done. Because uh, when we do have, uh, in this case, the Trump administration saying, actually taking down everything that Obama had it and the look for the Obama Foundation, it was that uh, the Federal Library and the researchers of the Federal Library did an amazing, an amazing job on the show archive and the show memory to really connect everything that Obama has been doing in the 80 years. Mm. So that's the kind of importance that we are dealing with i have i have a question for you uh in terms of uh tracking uh data tracking which i think is also you know a very interesting mm -hmm. topic uh, uh we know obviously that these really big companies are tracking us and our data and our digital footprint is being tracked right um but i'm wondering if you want to really want to take ownership of your data uh, do you think we should be able to track our data as well as as it is our data? Like you said, it is our data. You know, we are the we should take ownership of our data. But how can we take ownership of our data without knowing where it's going or, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's happening to our data? Do you think that's something that should be done in the future more? Yes, uh, I think so. Well, like when we are talking to data tracking by itself or the data flows, uh, we do need to make it easier for everyone in, in a way that when we stress here on accessibility, but it's really accessibility in a way that a five-year-old can do it. Because if I, I put it in a high level as a PhD, nobody will understand. But as a PhD researcher, he will say, okay, I need to go for this level, pass through this level, as for the security and so on and so on. What we need to do, it's on how we can, this data tracking, part of it is already here. It's already made. It has been done by marketing by itself in a way that, okay, we know uh, the Brazilians uh, would love to, like we just got on, on the highest level here on, on, on the red level again. So we are on lockdown um, because of bad Brazilian policy, but anyways. Uh, but the thing is, uh, everyone needs to have access to it. 
really need to understand in a way that, okay, I do understand that it's happening with the Brazilian data on COVID, for example, because it's open to everyone in a way that has been done by everyone in the world that has been sharing their data. And we have been sharing as well, as long as the government itself shares it with us. So when we share this, uh, this level, when we get higher to the level of data sharing, we can make, I can assure to, to you and say, okay, uh, that data that you told me on the hospital place, it makes uh, that data combo is made of, you know, has been the regions of uh, Middle West and so on and so on and so on, and has these demographic so, uh, characteristics. And when I go to the other part of it, which is the part that we do need to, uh, to really make it happen because right now we do have the data flow when we go to uh, private enterprise that we do have a little bit better to understand this data tracking. Mm -hmm. But we do not have uh, what that private company is doing with my data because uh, they are just uh, sharing with their agencies, with other companies, with, but very few. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's make it hard, actually making it harder and harder and harder to share with everybody else because, and that's one of the, the issues that when we come to, you know, not just, uh, they use for public good in a way, like what we can use uh, concerning COVID and what can make it better, what really happened, what, what worked in a place can work somebody else, you know, really data sharing. But when it comes to sharing, it comes to how the generations have been educated towards sharing. Because some generation comes to you and the older generations, for example, was used to say, no, I do share everything. I'm like, really? And when I ask, I'm like, hold on, you are hold, hold, holding really important data. But for, a, you know, it, it, it's behavior. So, you don't really see your pattern until somebody else comes and knocks you on the door and say, you're wrong, you need to share that data. These are the people that say, I have no secrets. Yeah, right? exactly. And you're like, <laughs> hello, you know, if, uh, and in my side as a, as a researcher, as a teacher, uh, we come to a place that I cannot see myself not sharing. What I can see is saying, you know, like, okay, I'm sharing to you, I'm sharing with you this info. And if you see the, the level is higher, 
you know, you just let me know if you have a doubt or you go for it and seeing an, in another language that is easier for you to understand it. Not, not making difficult to, to realize that. Uh, and it comes from how every nation works with sharing. Uh, and and that's, uh, that's, I think, so the hardest part as, a, as an um, evangelization or even education primary. No, and I says again, like, mm -hmm. because data tracking comes like you can put, uh, you, you can imagine in your data stream based on your blockchain, really nice and easy and, and everything. And you can really know what, it, what, is, what is happening. But for you, it's easier to understand what a blockchain is. Uh, I don't know if a teenager is ready for a blockchain, but he needs to start to understand what blockchain really means and why it's important that I do have decentralized information. Because we do have been, uh, in a way, used to too much centralized information too much Pandora boxes, and we do need to open that Pandora boxes. So you think the 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 the, the main solution to um, you know take a look at our data and control our data is decentralization, um, moving more of our data into uh, some kind of blockchain uh, scheme, um, and then I guess we're also getting into uh, what you talked about yesterday to us, which was about the digital IRS number mm -hmm. or something like that. So you really have an identity, like an online identity. Um, because right now, obviously, we have a real life IRS number, but the digital realm, I would say, uh, has no borders, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. it's one big, one big web. So this is, uh, if this would be implemented in some way, it would have to cross borders the same way, right? Uh, do you think that's something that can be can be realized? I do think I think we do have uh, Estonia is a great example in a way that okay she has no all the other political issues on it, but when we do talk digital, uh, Estonia has been from ground one uh, digital IDs, but it's your ID. And it's, it'll be your reflection through life. That's okay. But, uh, and as well as, um, as a reflection, the last part of it, I think so, Sonia made it on 2019, the possibility for you to have uh, really like to, to have your digital certificate to, to get a note and so on. So you actually don't, you don't need to be on, in Estonia to have a business in Estonia. You just have, uh, you know, your pen drive with your digital certificate and you are living, you know, in, in the Caribbean islands and that's fine. Wow. 
because you're so using they're digital citizens yeah then. and and then you know he right now he's in the caribbean tomorrow he'll be there in italy having fun so okay it's fine it's cool mm-hmm. that's like the great part of that story and what is the gray one like the gray areas that we have we do have mm-hmm. issues on citizenship by itself like uh if i ask uh, at least like when we're saying latin america when it comes to IDs by itself, like we do not have in a way that you do have in Switzerland, that you do have, um, it's more like pretty much organized by, okay, we do have organized by states, but we do not have the states communicating with each other. So, uh, I can have a double somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they are just like little, little pieces of that, that uh, when we are saying about that digital ID, uh, that digital ID could be the one that uh, put it not just on the pen drive for your digital certificate, but is the one that, it's in your wallet, it's in your smartphone. Uh, it can be analog somewhere else if you want to, but in a way that it has to come with your real citizenship. So in a way as a real citizenship, what I'm saying is like what I'm touching real life, what I have as uh, as a right ownership to a dual citizenship or a fourth citizenship and so on. And my RS info and, and, you know, everything together as a bundle of info. But I can say to myself and say, okay, cool. This data one for an RS, I can really help uh, projects from data for good that it will make sure that we will have a better hospitals tomorrow. Uh, that's my my banking information that I now I'm I'm getting allowed to by open banking regulations. I can really tell and say you know, you know bank I know you know a lot about me and my behavior. And right now, I just want you to use this data, this specific data, for that action, for this really uh, campaign that is going on and so on. Please do not send me loans. Do not send me security, more securities for me to buy. Uh, Please don't push me to pushing behaviors. Mm. You know, so don't abuse the data you have. Only use it for specific things that I allow you. Yes, otherwise it'll be like every day if you go to, you know, we know we go to Amazon and the next day, you <laughs> you don't like you don't have a an email anymore. You have an spam email. Mm. Uh, either 
you decided to travel or not, they are going to be every single day seeing, sending you a push of saying, you know, you need to go to the Caribbean tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. Hello, I don't have it right now. I'm just looking at it. And in a way, how can we uh, make sure on this thin line of the data sharing and the digital ID that uh, the strings are equal? Mm -hmm. I think another important topic that I think needs to be said very easily and simply is that because you, 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 you started with sharing, but sharing also says that it's my data. I am the owner and not only the owner, I am the creator by going somewhere. Maybe some other person or entity is collecting the data mm-hmm. and, you know, saving it somewhere, but I am the one who's producing it. So I am, I have these, I don't know how you call it, but, um, in German, we have a word for it. It's like with the, the an artist. If an artist has the idea of for something, he creates something. He is the owner of the original thing and he licenses his work. So actually we should kind of license. Yeah. And this is what you mean by sharing mm-hmm. kind of, right? Exactly. I, I, I think so. Like you put it in the very right words, like um, the data rights by itself. Mm-hmm. Like as we do mm-hmm. have the you know, legal rights for um, a movie or, you know, a song, music, music photography, song, photography yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Creative property, my assets. Yeah, Thank it, you. it's property. And we need mm-hmm. to, tra- to treat as a property. Right now, uh, I can say that we are in a wide west of, you know, you do... You know, basically, big techs are, you know, they are covering up very nicely. Depends on the... And that's crazy, right? Yeah. Because in real life, if someone would come behind me and write down everything I do, I think at least after five minutes, I would be angry. Like, what are you, what the hell are you doing? Stop writing down what I... And and I... (laughs) That's what's happening. I don't know, like, if you even, uh, you know, that on Facebook, you can ask for your data backup, right? Mm, yeah, before I deleted my account on Facebook, I did it, but I never opened up the package. So I don't, I still don't know what they actually no, it's collected. It's actually, it's crazy. It's all on PDF. And I think so. It was later on, I tell you the, the right name of, uh, I think so it was a movie or not the movie. Uh, but it, she was just saying like, uh, it was a movie and it was a book as, uh, in itself. And she asked for a data backup, and it was like thousand pages. Hello, when are you going to read the, the thousand pages? Even mm-hmm. if you love reading, like no, like you're making sure that I will not read. You're making sure you're making sure that the data, the way you are giving me the data, has no use. That's why you. Yeah. You do not even dare to open. Mm. But if it was a data yeah. that you could use and say, you know, here is a, an Excel of, of what you had been the most important days of your life. Here is mm. uh, a 
a book uh, actually uh, a data image set of the most important days of your life on Facebook. Here is, uh, you know, when we segmented, when we really use in the, here are the JPEGs, all the images. Here are your movies. Here are you, what you have been doing with your family. Here's what you have been sharing with your friends. Hello, yes, I can use that better. And so we need a way of standardizing yes. the way it is it is it is shown to to us, right? Because there's no standard. They might as well just send us the ones and zeros. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. To them, it's just like it, here's your data. It took, one zero one 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 yeah. zero one one. And it took ages. Like it, yourself. It, it takes. It took. I think so. I did it like for a test. It was like 15 days. I'm like, hello. Wow. Actually, so to me, as a consumer, you're taking me 15 days. If I am an ad agency and asking you, I do need this type of consumer that has these demographic issues and so on and so on and so on, you'll give me tomorrow the data set. Yeah. So don't tell me you don't have the data. <laughs> you do have it. But you yeah. make sure I don't use the data. Because everybody else goes and see this PDF and say, are you nuts? I'm not going not even to open that. I already, my everyday life is already too much info. Why am I going to get more info? Yeah. yeah. I guess it's because we are not the customer of these companies, right? We are the product. Yeah. <laughs> and not we're not Facebook's customer or, or, or any Google's customer or something like that, even or though we Cambridge like to think Analytica. so, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and in a way that there is the not just the quality of that data, but mm -hmm. how we interoperate with it. You no, know, in a way that okay, so if I am someone big, you will take care of me. If I am an NGO in South Africa that needs to understand South African behaviors, I don't have zero budget for that, you say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do anything else. But then if you go and talk to, um, to the best data scientists that we do have out there, they will go and get the web scrapping to work and you will get the data that you need to understand South African behavior. Even though it will not be as legal as if uh, Facebook by telephone comes to you and say, you know, I know this data for good. Here's our percentage of using uh, to social impact. Here's your data. Go ahead and use for good. Mm. So there is an intrinsic way as well when we say on the governance of that data. Because we do, okay, we are the product. I agree with you because nobody even, I think so, did you guys saw, uh, it's a small movie a long time ago, ages ago, that was called Terms and Conditions. Just saying like- Yes, yeah, it was a documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then on that extreme, it was, uh, I saw another documentary uh, 
German documentary on how Facebook uh, have um, contracted Indonesians to that works on every day in the platform in a and actually in the in the subsystem of the platform just mm -hmm. to passing whole day deleting violence um you know terror suicides and so on and of course uh they are sub paid because they are in indonesians they basically uh they are contracted because they do have a very good english but they don't have uh you know quality life in itself mm -hmm. and and at the same time uh when this documentary came it was i think so not last year but 2019 for sure on the film festivals uh it wasn't on the film festivals itself, but it was uh, in the indie way. Of, uh, it was like, I went to the movie, I was like, four people was on, down there. So I have an idea mm -hmm. to watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, and the consequence of that is that when uh, Facebook by itself goes to talk to the California and to the Europeans, uh, policymakers. And uh, he comes and say, that's the, my solution. Hello, but that's not the best solution because you do have Indonesians and all them that, that have been doing the deleting of that, that have been, you know, uh, suicidals, have been depressions, everything you can imagine on. Because you can imagine every day of your life uh, working eight to five or nine to six and just seeing violence. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like you go to your house and you, you. you kill someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing is like, it's, in, it's an equal. Like mm -hmm. the, the force that uh, you will, you are saying that you are complying as a compliance behavior is not being compliant because the the other side of there is a human being that had been every single day, uh, you know, attracted in a way of, as a violence behavior. So. Uh, there is so many streams on that data governance. That's why we need to uh, to make sure if, if we start as a manifesto of data ownership, that the digital uh, digital citizenship, it's it's almost like we are telling a message not just for, and that's one thing that it, it really uh, triggers me in Clubhouse. It has been on, at least on most of the days, like I'm not a really a heavy Clubhouse user, but 
we do have some uh, niches and basically the AI niche by itself and the policymakers of AI and researchers of AI uh, around the globe had been decided, had been there. So for the first time as we had it on Twitter before the meetups of mentonographers and so on, like we do have uh, really policymakers, really researchers looking for, and at least talking, even though uh, not already doing an action by itself, but as, you know, saying, okay, you uh, hear what we can do. Because mm -hmm. I cannot say by, okay, the Brazilian will do that. No, I can say, Tati will do that. I myself, I can take by myself, yeah. but I, I cannot take care of the, <laughs> what will be the Brazilian action, but I can steer up the environment and, and come up and say, hey, you guys, we need to really take care of that. Mm. This is where we come back to activism, right? Yeah, exactly. We have to start to be active, raise awareness, teach each other, educate each other and start to realize what's happening because it's been going on for quite a while now. Yeah. You've, you've been researching this for 15, 14, 15 years? I had been working on ethnography with almost 15 years. So yes, oh. my everyday own life is to understand digital behavior. And what are your, your, what did you find out so far? I'm, I mean, apart from the citizenship, the importance of data and everything, maybe one question that I was curious about is, what did you learn about digital behavior? Is it the same? Is it changing? Is it evolving? Is yeah, we do have some phases of that. Like, uh, mm -hmm. you do have, uh, when we say the elderly by itself, and that are actually we can say as more teens right now than than before because they are behaving more much more um they are starting to really not under some of them that is already as an insider is working much better with technology by itself but you do have uh the elderly that is getting used to when it comes to whatsapp telegram and facebook and all that to just to have and uh, to talk with their nephews their sons and so on so they are starving starting all that when we talk to the other extremes which are like the teenagers the teenagers are the ones that, you know, please, I'll never be in Facebook. My dad is on Facebook, you know, please. So they are like, uh, they are on TikToks and they are using Discord and, and they are going, if everybody else say, you know, you better go to the parallel universe of Fortnite as a gamer, he will do that. And say to him, no, you have a Twitch, TV channel and it start streaming how they they are gaming. That's already 
normal to them. And when we do have on the middle of all that, we do have the ones that I can say that are much more conservatives in a way like that. Um, they do have much more as a work balance and behavior. But uh, since COVID, and uh, they had they change it. They change it in a way how they approach information, how they receive the information, in a way. And then when we, as we talked yesterday a little bit on media literacy, uh, the importance of to say, you know, please do not share fake news. But to them, sometimes they don't realize it's a fake news because they don't, they don't, they don't dig to the source. Mm. And, and that's one behavior that most of them, unless you are really a researcher, um, unless you really have, unless you are a journalist, when you are, uh, unless you're a video maker, when you are a documentarist, when you really uh, have um, an importance to, to understand what we have, um, what we construct. Uh, yesterday I saw the, the commentary, the way we see it, that it was from uh, Pete Azevedo. Uh, he was the photographer for Barack Obama in the eight years. Mm -hmm. And he was just saying in the process like, hello, I'm here documenting history. I I'm here as an historian as a photographer, as a historian. So if you look in your data stream as an historian, and, and I love history, so. <laughs> uh, if you see that the importance of what you do, of what you construct, as, as you'll be saying like these breadcrumbs, you will really like, my grandparents will see it, my nephews, my next generation will see it you you don't share anymore as much as of your private life because you you become take more in a way it take you more conscious of what you're doing but at the same time you think i'm making history as well so uh, in a way i cannot just um not show as much as real life, but I do need to show real life, but not as an Instagrammer life. Like when I'm saying Instagrammer life, my food photos. Yeah, food photos. Everything <laughs> is nice. My life is great. I'm just having fun mm. and full of parties. When mm. the truth comes, and when we are saying since COVID strikes, uh, we did have a difference in behavior on how uh, not just working from home, because you do have people that it was the first timers in their life to work from home, and really to understand that everything comes as one. So you don't really, you really never had that uh, difference between personal and business life. Actually, they, you are the one either business or personal you are just tatty as itself so uh, the balance 
on the digital life comes that you don't have it anymore. Like, oh, I was used to go to the movies. I was used to, to see my friends and go out and to the bar and so on. And that social life got, you know, in a way, cut it by itself. Cut off. As you cut off by that, you know, with whom I'm going to talk other than business? How, you know, and then you have uh, house parties, uh, the DAP house party helping out mm -hmm. uh, as another application, everybody using more Google Meets and Google and Zoom and so on for the ones that have been working already with sharing, with doing uh, work with different people and already work as a remote worker for a long time. To me, like I have been a, work, a remote worker for almost 14 years. I didn't feel a thing. To me, I was cool. But if I ask everybody else, everybody was like, oh, Tati, what I do? How you behave on that? I'm like, hello. Like, you do need to have a discipline. You do need to, you know, okay, this time for coffee. This time is family time. This time is my exercise time. This time I'll be working on that. And later on, I'll watch a movie. Later on, I'll give a call to to some friends, but you do need to have some work, work balance, work-life balance, no? Mm -hmm. And in a, in a way that what we need to, and uh, when we say about this digital citizenship, it comes to a way of how we do our data streams as well. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, we share the most private thing in our life in our Instagram, in our Facebook album. And they're like, no, I cannot believe that. I'm like, yes, I can tell but by your behavior that you got divorced, that now uh, you're having a different lifestyle that now you're more open to this, this, and that, and that you are going to try to be far away as possible to your ex-husband. And at the same time, you're telling this, this, and that message on Instagram. And you are looking to hook, to hook up with somebody else on that behavior. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the one that was really shy becomes outgoing becomes saying you know oh you know i i hated country music and all of this suddenly she's listening all the country playlist hello what happened <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like yeah and you do that so so normal that you don't see uh, a string of difference yeah it's interesting because you, you remember, remember, Tom, our fifth episode was about change, like how much mm -hmm. we change, how, how it's impo uh, impossible to not change. 
but having a chronicle log of it where someone can just go in and see like when there's a it's timestamp. quantified <laughs> yes exactly here's the change here's yeah. another one yeah, exactly. there is, uh, I, I don't know if you remember there was an exhibition an art exhibition a long time ago it was called eight billion others uh that was uh, he was a documentarian and he was just videographing eight million people and sharing their views on love on rage on political views and so on and when you said now they quantify itself today we are so quantified like we can tell by uh, I cannot tell, but my iPhone can tell me how many steps I did today. My, if I want, they will tell me how many swimming laps I did yesterday. And everything it will be so quantified is I do have uh, a data imagery quantified by itself. So you can imagine when, uh, when we treat digital memory, that uh, you do have bits and bytes of images, of behavior, and at the same time, uh, how we can um, be, how we show ourselves to the society how the society see ourselves. And at the same time, we have been so much quantified that we need sometimes to go to reverse again, no? Okay, that's cool to know how many steps I did, to know that I eat properly today, but you know, really every day I need to go there and make it assured that I make the tracker and uh, the tracker habit, no, the saying the depth and saying, okay, I, I did walk for 20 minutes. Great. Tomorrow I walk for 10. And this on that. Uh, it's almost like you're doing a checklist of, your, of yourself every single day. So, how much of that do I really need? Okay, I do need to help me out and change my behavior and to wake up early and so on. That's fine. But then you use for the 20 something days that you can change your behavior. And then you don't need to be tracking it anymore unless you wanted to do a track record of yourself and show the, <laughs> you know, the little uh, medals for yourself. <laughs> unless you yes. unless you are competing and say you know you walked more than me or you have been you know as a, a swimmer competition okay if you're doing that as for a performance see that's fine but how much performance is... do we need to have you know what i mean yeah exactly the thing is we 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 we're gonna show, slowly have to wrap it up because our time is up. But maybe one one last uh, thing that we could maybe scratch the surface on is 
I think this is where gamification is coming yeah. from, right? Because now you compete with everyone in society and there's even a Black Mirror episode about this. And then China did the project <laughs> with the real real life scenario experiment, I guess. Well, because I, I guess this is kind of what, what's happening right now with our digital citizenships coming into place and getting these small achievements and everything. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to, to, to bring it on the table. What do you guys have to say about it? I think so. There is, uh, there is an importance on the, not just the data literacy uh, that we are creating and then the narratives and so on. And when we say to the gamification of life, uh, we do have another issue on that that is okay. Gamification is cool. It's a very nice way to you to uh, to learn, and you know, gamification comes really handy to everything else. Mm -hmm. But when it comes, mm -hmm. when you have gamification and cybersecurity issues, then it can really yeah. get really dark. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because in one yeah. way, I'm giving you. Uh, the best cookie, Swiss cookie ever. In the other side of that, that chain of the cookie, I'm giving your data to the Swiss company that tomorrow will, you know, send you an email saying, hello, I know you love that cookie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We know you can't live without the cookies. <laughs> yeah. It's I guess it's an easy way to, to to lure people into a trap, right? Because gamification is of course, I guess, um a way to quantify our actions mm -hmm. towards ourselves, you know, with these with these medals and everything. Uh uh just to see, okay, where am I going without having to think about it. Uh but yeah, it's it's also very addicting, right? So if you you keep wanting to go to the next metal, and then especially if they work with these little level bars where you have to, yeah. you know, every time <laughs> yeah. you have to do twi three times as much work and then five times as much work and then 10 times as much work. So it, it can get very addicting, but it could be, you know, could be a, tr a secret trap basically that they could build into that, right? Because th that's what they're getting from us, I guess, from that. Potentially, definitely, exactly. It's potentially a trap. Like someone has to want to use it in a bad way. And I probably. <laughs> no, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think so. Like when we are saying the, the behavior in self, like when, when we are really talk about that digital citizenship in a way is like, please take care of your data. You know what I mean? Like you, you use it every day. You log on to your banking apps, you log on to your Twitter, you log on to Strava to have a ride, and every day you are logging in. But if I ask to you, what was the first thing you did in the morning, what was it? What did you check first? Or you didn't check? Or did you put your chain, your your phone I'm in a chain like out. airplane chain and that you are not going to see anything 
I think the first thing I did in the morning was check your message. I'm not sure. But <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I was on Instagram the first thing in the morning. Oh, or a work message. But yeah, I, for I me, it is it is usually Instagram for me. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. I, I see it in my I, fiance as well. I ask my every time my students. I'm like, tell me first. They're like, what's up? The second would be email, first it'd be Instagram. It just changed. And if I ask my nephew, he would tell me TikTok. He would tell me mm -hmm. the Discord. He would tell me and say, mm -hmm. you know, I was chatting about Dungeons and Dragons and doing the role play and so on. And I have been in a group chat for a while. Mm -hmm. So when even I say to them, like, uh, sometimes I go to a farm that is really far away from uh, here. I'm in Sao Paulo, the city itself. Uh, but sometimes I go to a farm that is like seven hours away from here. And we are used to that farm to be offline, really offline. Like it was in a place that, you know, when we go there, you have a reach, an internet reach until certain place. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, we didn't have any more access to internet or telephone or anything else. Mm -hmm. And to, and everybody was like, Tati, but how can you make it? Like you go and you stay in the farm and you are going to be offline? I'm like, yes, that's cool. That's nice. <laughs> I can read my books. What? I can, you huh? know. Focus on something else. Go swimming. Are you okay? You know? Do we do we need to call a doctor? You wanna be offline, and no one's forcing you. <laughs> and then what happened? Because of before COVID, uh, the government itself on that region, which is the region that has uh, very beautiful ponds and you know very beautiful place. They, they decided to, no, we do need to have some telephone connection or at least internet connection for uh, the people that live there because they are really uh, low-income people. Mm. And, okay, so then the government decided to do this, um, this program. So they gave access to that people. And basically, right now, okay, it's great. Right now, we can go to the farm and I can work. If I need to go to the farm and work for a while and stay there and work online, I can do that. Before, I couldn't. But we still needed, we did an upgrade for that to happen. Otherwise, no. But what happened with that people before that didn't have the internet and just had to go to the one farm to another to talk to each other. They share their Wi-Fi con connections. Basically, when, when you are on one Wi-Fi, they tell you, no, this one is open if you need anything. But the most important part of that difference on behavior is that right now, like uh, in... In Sao Paulo, in, in Brazil in itself, we do, in Latin America, we do have a lot of inequalities and it goes a long way. 
And one of the things, uh, not just inequality on internet access, but you do have an inequality as well on basic needs, saying energy. Okay, we had been there for a while and that on that time, it happens that we stayed out of energy for two, three days. It was like something happened really bad. So when that happened, like the energy that it takes care for you to, to talk to the group, to go ahead and say, you know, you, we need to go and call and make a call and go to the city and make a manifesto and say, you know, we are a region here that does need energy. And you do have that region is uh, cheesemakers, um, milk uh, processors and so on. Uh, they cannot even even stay out of energy. Otherwise, like the milk that they are going to sell is no longer good. Mm-hmm. So uh, the same uh, the same internet that helps them to get on the group chat and to come and say, you know, here are the issues of the region that is going on. Is the same internet that. Uh, when they really need on time of cows, they don't have it because of the inequalities by itself. So if I did have a very nice uh, energy power that really has been done great and so on, but since we are talking to, to nature itself, like some things you can predict, some others is not in your side, but it's really deep, you know what I mean? It's just like, okay, they have, now they can have the group chat, but the same group chat will be talking to and saying gossips around everybody else and so on, because they are not, uh, their level of education that they do have is the really basic level. So, if I tell them that even though they have an internet that can show to them and say, you know, do a course, read that, uh, follow these, I can have a stream of different things for them. Mm-hmm. But to them, they're going to say, you know, thank you. You know, either you have it in Portuguese, either you have... Um, not even as, you know, in other languages and so on, but they do need to have in Portuguese by itself. Okay, we do have a lot of materials now that Udemy, Coursera, all the majors, mocks are in in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. But if you come to a place, like I don't need to go for a way. Like uh, there was an example that I was like, I cannot believe that. This is one of my cousins. And she came to me, no, Tati, can you invite me to Clubhouse? I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. I had an invite, I sent to her, and she got. And then she comes to me and say, but everything is in English. I'm like, yes, (laughs) hello, welcome to the world. Everything is in English. But she's like, but there are some rooms in Portuguese. Yes, there will be some rooms that just, Sometimes it's just ego treats from the marketing gurus that is just a pain in the ass. 
So basically, I don't go to that group. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm saying to her, you know, now is this time for you to learn English. Like she's 20s on her 20s. And we have been telling them to learn English for a long time. Uh, and to them, she's like, no, English to me is not a priority. I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, I myself, when I see on Clubhouse that uh, sometimes we do have king.com down there having very interesting chats, but he has, he's putting in German, you know, Mm. I do speak French, Portuguese, English, and Spanish, but I do not speak German. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. even for the Brazilian behavior, I'm already outstanding. But mm. I still, you know, I can be just there listening to German and understand niche. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I, I do tend to listen to him some, uh, from time to time. And I think only his English talks are very interesting. The German talks are more... Well, I don't know. They they are maybe interesting if you're a fan, but it's not that interesting. It's more sarcastic, uh, fun fun house where people just oh, that's great. It's a cool club, cool kids club, <laughs> so you don't miss out. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. But do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Is like the level yeah, totally. of that digital digital citizenship depends mm -hmm. as much education as you have. So. Yeah. If yeah. I can empower my cousin, the one that is in the region, the low income that needs that, and that really needs that connection to get a better life, I will do that. Yeah. But I do need yeah. to put the, the info in the right box. Otherwise, yeah. if I put the PhD thesis For them, they're going to say, hello, I'm sorry, I'm going to <laughs> see Big Brother. That is better than to understand what you're saying to me. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's the thing that the importance of data literacy and media, media literacy, because we do need to have both to communicate And really do an act, digital activism in a way that I can really talk to the low income that needs more uh, resources to get a better life. The other ones that need different uh, stream of resources that will help them to be, you know, to live anywhere in the world. And the one that wanted to, you know, go and dive and cool. But you do need to make it uh, easy, really easy. Yeah. Because yeah. we tend to, even as, as scholars, to make it complicated for them. Uh, and talk complicated, nobody likes. Like, if you talk to a lawyer, he is the really guy that it will just say, you know, really difficult for you to understand nothing because for him yeah. that's the best way of dealing with it yeah and if you don't have a lawyer uh reading your contract mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow you'll be like with no power 
because you really good got the power gave the power to him and when you don't have that information so it's the same thing i know it's hard i know we are just touching a level but just in a way that uh we do need to make sure that we have a responsibility on social impact on really on how we not just take care of your da our, our data by itself, but to everybody else, it's like, oh no, that's great that you are doing that and that you're looking for, you know, worried about public policies not affecting me or anything else, when in fact, it's affecting your daily life. But you don't realize it because the policymakers are so far away from you and do not even go and have a chat uh, with you that you don't feel that uh, it claims the same importance. Mm -hmm. no, because yeah. it's just far away, you're saying, oh no, it will affect my, you know, my next generation, not me. Okay, but you are being affected right now. And if you don't do anything right now, tomorrow you pay the consequences. And the consequences, uh, either by populism, either by extreme, every single extreme behavior that we have seen, we already saw that picture. We have, we, uh, we still have, I think so. Every year, we still have movies on Holocaust. So, like, mm. it's still to remember uh, what we what have been passing through, mm -hmm. and we still have people denying that, which is worse than anything else. Uh, that we do have the ones that are denying vaccines, for example. I'm like. Hello, you're, this, you're denying, you're saying that you're protecting your son, denying the vaccine that has been uh, tested scientifically okay. We do have all the issues with, it, with that, but it, it's science, you know what I mean? And when you deny science, when you deny behavior, past behavior, when you go to the, that extreme line, you need, the first thing that we need to do is, hello, you have the ownership of doing for you, for your data stream, because you really every day are using your you every day are constructing your day your daily data life mm -hmm. so it's up to you to make a difference and say no i will not that and when then we go to the other extreme that is like no i'm in no place online and that's cool mm -hmm. that's fine to be afraid and it's hard to be afraid as well mm -hmm. because Sometimes you do not have the same resources as you do on, as online. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, uh, we do need to um, 
just wrapping up in a way that we do need to have more uh, an equilibrium, in not just in that inequality by itself, but on how uh, that governance will take care, how we, we as a citizen can construct and start develop the, the data wallets by itself and say to the governments and say, you know, here is the first pilot, you know, and here's the, the, the better version, here's the second one, and here's the third one. You know, because there is, as we say it, we still have no data standard. And we do need to have yeah. a data standard when we transfer that. Like when we do have, uh, and when we are saying the, through the GDPR, I think so the only one that has already worked on that it was Japan, Japan by itself. But because he has been done working on technology, I don't know, for centuries. Mm -hmm. And Japan by itself has a story of ancestry. So they would really understand the importance of archiving, of really constructing that data memory. So uh, that, uh, these ownership, these data wallets, uh, is, I think so, like it, it can really be an, a starter point and an influx point for the policymakers, for the research, for the business market, and mainly to take by yourself, by ourselves, the power that we already have, our data rights, our everyday data life, data rights. Hmm. I think that's a very important word, right? These rights, I think that's what it's all about in the end, this data activism is we have to, I guess, uh, you know, fight for universal, uh, you know, universal basic rights yes you know we have human we have human rights we have the universal basic human rights those are established but we don't have universal you know digital rights and i think you know this is what this is coming down to right this is about digital rights this is about accountability mm -hmm. you know what you said before mm -hmm. uh with the uh you know the the deniers of science and things like that so you know rights accountability traceability but that also comes with uh you know the universal uh, you know, data citizenship, but that also needs universal regulation, I think, you, you know, because we've talked about it before, you know, the digital realm goes across borders. So we need some kind of universal regulation uh, to, you know, really structure this and, you know, regulate this, but universally across across the globe, because that's what the digital world is. So I guess that's why, you know, it hasn't come to fruition yet, right? Because, you know, the... The world is still divided in all these countries and everyone kind of does their own thing. So I guess that's why it's so hard to to go, you know, to dig down to into this. But, you know, thanks to researchers <laughs> like you, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to have this. This is this is definitely coming. Uh, there's I think there's no other way than this. This is coming to us. Mm -hmm. We need universal regulation. And we need universal basic digital rights, accountability, traceability. Yeah, these are things that just we, don't exist. We yet. Do need so. To to exactly. have uh, really put on our, um, how can I say, uh, in a way that really to put our 
our uh, streams in a way, like really put it down there as a manifesto uh, yeah. in a way that, that everybody, you know, okay, German is doing that. France is doing that. Uh, Latin America and Brazilians have been doing this. Uh, we do have some in Mexico, Italians and so on. Like every single one has been dealing with that topic in a way or another. Yeah, mm. differently. differently, in different ways. Like, uh, yeah. On that's, AI, that's the thing. on how I can treat AI or how I can, uh, the AI bias and so on. But the thing is, like, can you guys can come and say, like, let's do a huge panel, like, you know what I mean? And come and say, you know, what you guys have been working on as well, because even though we do know as a researcher what's going on in the macro field of that, sorry, I cannot really tell what, what is the heat in Germany or what is the heat in Switzerland yeah. and what's going on in the Mexican. Unless a Mexican comes to me and say, you know, Tati, this is going on here. They are really mm -hmm. denying the Indians. I'm like, what? How? No, here is uh, what's going on. Okay. But then, like, you do have a local coming to you and say, that's going on. Because sometimes... Uh, the universal, it's really uh, what we are aiming for. Uh, nationwide, that's what we, as a nation, we all have been trying to work on. But if I don't have a citizen that come to me and say, uh, as we do have, uh, I don't remember uh, last year, uh, the International Film Festival was showing one movie of a Polish documentary uh, on LGBT on Russian and used a uh, deepfake uh, to, to desensitize the voice and so on because, you know, they had been just been killed just by being LGBT in Russia. And the way that he did that documentary, uh, showing up the, you know, how they are really negating that, right? Uh, it, that's the same way. Like if, if uh, a, a Russian didn't come and, and say, you know, I have to really show I really need to be a whistleblower and so on and so on and so on is not even by choice is because of political freedom of freedom of speech mm. and when we do have that is because we do have silence places places you no know? silence communities that have been silenced along the way so mm. Uh, when I say on Clubhouse, uh, one group that is Japanese or, or so on, or, you know, just on, uh, even, you know, reaching in their language and they are feeling safe, that's fine by me. 
as long as this is streaming, you know what I mean? That data, data voices that are down there are not leaked to the Russian government. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they do need to have a safe heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we do need to have, uh, uh, and I think so, like we had been working towards this safe heaven online for a while, but we still need some um, insurance by the big techs or low techs or startups or you name it, any of mm-hmm. them, that you treat my data with respect yeah yeah because if i don't treat my data there yeah because if you don't treat me my data with respect how i can ensure that you're not going to be uh because what what we have been happening is leaking leakage data leakage every single almost every single day we do have a data leakage somewhere Mm-hmm. And when, when we do that, when we do have that, nobody pays attention anymore because then got normal. And that's the yeah. really dangerous part of that story is that you don't realize that the leakage will be happening more and more and cyber attacks have been more and more and more. But you don't come to uh to that startup or to the that big tag and say you know can you please make sure you respect and really take care of my data even if i have to pay for it as a as a subscription you know what i mean mm-hmm. but if i need to pay for my privacy then i'm putting more inequality in that equation yeah exactly i think we this is all interesting and i think we could go on for hours but i want to spare our listeners and audience so if it's okay for you i would try to to cut it here and maybe continue in another um sure. episode where we will just because there's so much yesterday we had our preparation talk when we, where we saw there are some things that we want to talk about with you so I guess we we will just invite you back again on a new episode and then we can go deeper in these uh, fields. I think this was a good general start with data, citizenship, ownership, and uh, our p- digital properties and everything. And it's been amazing. Thank you very much for, for giving us uh, your, your insights, your perspectives, and also educating us on digital activism, giving us perspective. So from my side, I'll say thank you very, very much. It's been a great honor. And I'll give it the word to It has been an Tony. honor to me. And uh, I'll be honored to have uh, another episode. I know it's a lot of information. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of to cope in a way. Uh, mm. But just for us to, um, to raise up as a question, And for everyone that is listening, that is out there and that will be listening later on, is how you treat your data, you should treat the same way you treat your house, you treat your family. Like you really need to 
the same way that you take care of your son, your family, and make sure and they have their security needs, that's the same ownership that you need to take care of your dad. So uh, it's easy to put uh, the, to claim that it is somebody else's fault. We have responsibility. We do have responsibility mm. because we are With creating every day. You know what I yeah, mean? Definitely. So it's just like yeah. uh, for the listeners to, to really think how I'm treating my data and yeah. how the other yeah. ones are treating it. I yeah. am sharing with everyone. Everyone has an access or uh, did I decide to do uh, an action towards that? Or I'll be just going with the flow. Because mm -hmm. if you decide to go with the flow, that's fine by me too. But it starts with us, right? It starts with us. It starts with us. And it, it has to be a conscious de decision. Exactly. Mm -hmm. like if, it, and, if we share and, something. And when yeah. we do have a, a conscious and humanity, it's much better. Because yeah. that will automatically lead to, you know, these things that we need and those rights that we want will, will automatically be established if that's the way that we think about it. If we think about it the same way as a basic human right. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think uh, and in a way that's that, that sure. is just uh, what I'm saying, uh, humanity here in a way is that sometimes we have been so much tacky really tacky tech savvy in a way and that we don't have the claiming on uh in a situation like how many deaths we have daily on covid basis mm. and we just don't treat them as death no we it's treat, a number right we it's, treat it's them a as a number and a statistic number mm -hmm. and they all have mm -hmm. a story behind that so use your data as well. Yeah, you have it's, it's a, the same with the with the village you told about, right? Yeah. It's the those people who you know are, who aren't very data literate. You know, we also need these rights for for those people, right? Because you know, otherwise they they can't stand up for themselves and and make sure that you know their data is safe and and not abused because it it can definitely be abused, especially if there's a lot of inequality. It just gets you know it, it it's on a it gets. Um, you know, scaled up, you know, yeah. the equality, inequality gets even bigger when that happens. So Yeah, yeah and we do have I, an, uh, an abysmal, we already have an abysmal, but exactly. by it will just It will just even get bigger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, how about, you know, we always do the, well, not always, but we've started to do the after talk. So we could, we can continue the conversation in the, yeah. you know, after talks, so we'll just Stop Definitely. the recording and the yeah. stream and start over, mm -hmm. and then we can just keep on talking. Sure. sure. So I just want to say, uh, yeah, to the to the people who are listening on Spotify, thanks for sticking with us. Um, we are we do have a the stream every Wednesday at nine on twitch.tv slash the controverse. After nine that, we have a little bit European time. Central European time. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so nine p.m. Central European time is uh, when we go live on Twitch every Wednesday normally. Um, so you could find us there. And we also have a little bit of an after talk after that, which we'll also have this stream. And that is only live. We don't record that. Uh, and it goes away after a couple of days on Twitch. 
So, if you want to catch that next time, feel free to come over on Twitch. Um, thank you very much, uh, Tatiana, for, for, for being with us. We'll see you again thank in you. the after talk and, and in, uh, in another episode. Thank you, Bello, for being here, for being my co-host here. Thank you for letting me. And thank you for listening. And we will see you next time on another episode of The Controverse. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>